What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Brian Cranston's got you held up at gunpoint in the backseat of your car, voraciously banging his head against the window. You know this isn't going to end well, and you want to be insured to the teeth. That's why this week's sponsor of the Bloom Files are our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. truth is out there and here who knows either way we are opening up the bloom files here on post show recaps and x files first watch slash rewatch podcast hello everybody mike bloom here breaking into season six trying to figure out after the beginning what happens and what happens are two monster of the week episodes that are incredibly different but both incredibly fun here, I am joined by my wife, or perhaps a 30s version of her. She's <laughs> dancing in a nightclub right now, Angela Bloom. Angela, may um, I have this dance? Sure. Yeah, we could dance, I guess. I'm, oh, I'm glad you're not as saucy as the uh, version of Scully. I hit you in the kissa. <laughs> exactly. So, we're going to be talking about Drive and Triangle. Two very different episodes, but I gotta say, season six is... Really starting off with a bang here. I'm kind of liking demoted Mulder and Scully. I do not like uh, Mr. Grey's Anatomy that's in charge. But yeah, you know what? If director, all- director Kirsch. But if he's allowing them to go on all these uh, wacky adventures. Well, he's not allowing them. They're just doing it. <laughs> right, then- to that point, though, if these are the adventures that they're going on while they're being demoted, yeah. maybe they should stay demoted. Yeah, well, so the uh, initial episode that we watched was Drive, and it starts off with uh, demoted Mulder and Scully in Idaho doing grunt work, which is basically 
the FBI <laughs> for the FBI that's domestic terrorism. Right, and that's the really funny <laughs> thing too, right? It's always like the grass is always greener. It's like, oh man, I can't do all these weird alien cases. I guess I have to handle domestic terrorism. Yeah. Like, well, some people would, would be excited by that. Well, not even excited by it, but it is important work, you know? So yeah. basically what their task is is to go to everywhere. Basically, you have fertilizer in large quantities could be used to create bombs. Mm-hmm. So all these farmers in rural America who order, you know, bulk fertilizer have to get checked out by the FBI because, like, potentially they could be terrorists. Right. It's one of these things where you sort of say, why do we have to keep doing this? But, like, the one time that yeah, you don't do exactly. it and a bomb goes off, like, you know, the right. movie just was. That's that- why we have these checks and balances on exactly. fertilizer. But even before we get into that, because let's, let's just start. Let's dive into drive. Let's drive into drive as it were. We get a, a meta moment here. We start with a Fox like local affiliate special report. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I thought that was like a nice little throwback for, for us uh, you know, in 2021. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess they still do like breaking news. They do. I, we just don't watch TV anymore. Yeah, and <laughs> I also feel like with social media, like you actually know things quicker. You do, than yeah. Breaking news reports do. Yeah, I mean, I was actually when I had to go stay overnight in the city for work, I was at a hotel and the Wi-Fi wasn't working and I was forced to watch cable television. Sounds like Mulder, like, oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> forced to watch cable television. Um, but I was watching The Bachelorette, as you do, and there was like a a little thing on the bottom because it was ABC. Yeah. So, so it still happens. It's, it's just not, not something we experience as often. Exactly. It's not much as part of our day to day, but there's a high speed chase here as someone brian cranston uh patrick crump as we'll find out which is in my opinion an incredible name but i feel like patrick crump should be the name of assistant director kirsch yeah like patrick crump sounds like the name of a rotund fuddy-duddy you know i guess i guess yeah but i think that would make him less scary whereas assistant director kirsch is like not like he's not on intimidating like i'm intimidated by him i just i just feel like he doesn't look like a patrick crump you know well it's a hick name i i suppose so and speaking of hick uh the the hick look cranston's got that oh this mustache really thick mustache sort of a mullet vibe in his hair Yeah, even thicker than his breaking bad facial hair yeah and just like dirty looking (laughs) yeah exactly and so he is in a high-speed chase he has a woman in the backseat that's going to turn off to be his wife Vicky. Yeah. And it's one of these mysterious cold opens, right, where we just get dropped into the middle of it. Well, we sort of, yeah, we get dropped into the middle of it in the cold open, right, I guess. And then then afterwards, we see Mulder watching it on the news. Right. And we sort of see, like, the other side of it, because basically, this woman, Vicky, was complaining. She's hearing a high-pitched ringing. And then yeah. they finally get pulled over. Yeah, they assumed it to be a kidnapping exactly. situation. Because, they, well, they stole a car. Yeah, they did steal Um, And so... As they arrest Cranston Crump, uh, Vicky's pleading like, get it out of my head. And then mm-hmm. uh, as she gets she gets put away in the cop car and then her head suddenly explodes. Yeah, she's like banging her head against the window. And then the final time she bangs it against the window, it just explodes. Which is wild. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're going to get some pretty gruesome images. Yeah, the, over spray, the-, the sprays of blood are pretty rough. Less so that, more so, you know, when they do the, um, the autopsy oh, yeah. and we see, like, some, what would someone's head look like if the side was blown out? Yeah. And like, wanted that, what if answered? What would a pulsing eardrum look like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you talked about this. We get to see a drop-in on what Mulder and Scully's new normal is. It's clear that Mulder in particular is 
over it. Very unhappy. He feels it's a punishment. I mean, it is, but Scully's at least a little bit better at like just going with the flow for now. Yeah, she's basically just like, listen, we're in trouble right now. We're in the doghouse. Let's just like put our nose down and do the work that we've been given. But you don't do that to Fox Mulder at this point. Yeah. And so he's like barely paying attention and notices on the TV that they have the Fox sort of car chase happening and he sees it all go down and he's like this is an x-file i know it is right so i think scully compares this very properly this is freelancing yeah essentially yeah he's like well this isn't exactly anything but i just and nobody called us nobody heeded this call yeah he just happened to be watching this special news report and said something's up with this let me go interrogate he does this this a lot though this is a very molder thing to do see a spacecraft crash go after it see something spooky happen just go for it but yeah, um, he very much is like a dog in that regard where if, if this sort of appetizing extraterrestrial squirrel runs in front of him he's mm-hmm. like oh gotta chase it yeah so he's gonna go find the crump find brian cranston in the police station right and he's also now sort of gonna find out a little bit more about this stuff right that they stole this mm-hmm. car but then they like turn to go in a very particular direction we'll later find out that means west yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, Scully is going to do an autopsy, an autopsy and realize that there is uh, something virulent, essentially, in this this body, that something was going on just in time for Crump to get taken away from the paramedics because his nose starts to bleed. Yeah. So Crump starts to feel the symptoms and um, is basically put into an ambulance and Mulder follows him. Yeah, and as, as the ambulance starts to drive, his heart rate calms down. We'll mm-hmm. find out later that that's because, like... He's not feeling as sick. Yeah, exactly, because now they're starting to drive. And then Crump is able to... Basically, like, we don't see it on screen, but essentially what we're to assume is that he took a gun mm-hmm. from one of the paramedics, which I don't know why they had a gun. Well, I think the cop was there. Oh, one of the Yeah, because he had to accompany him. Because he was hardcore. No, I mean, he was a prisoner, so the cop accompanied him to the hospital is what was happening, I think. But he essentially jumps out of the ambulance to escape and happens upon <laughs> the car of Fox Mulder. Yeah, because Mulder's said. following the ambulance like uh, a total loser. Mm-hmm. He's an ambulance chaser. Yeah. That uh, so <laughs> But at the same time, Scully's going to say, oh, crap, you know, because she she get- basically thinks it's an infection, like that yeah. something's happening Cause to because they get a call that there's another body with mm-hmm. the exact same cause of death. And so she thinks there might be some sort of right. virus going on. We need to quarantine. Very relevant today. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as she calls Mulder saying, do not interact with this guy. Mulder's like, well, that's going to be a little hard. A smidge Scully. too late because now we're in Speed, X-Files version. <laughs> yeah. And Mulder um, at one point makes a reference to Speed, I think. He's like, oh, I've seen that movie. Yeah, I think Spencer told me that apparently like there was a, a, either a joke or like a long withheld storyline uh, or an idea from Vince Gilligan of people going on a Ferris wheel and then like when the Ferris wheel stops, someone's head explodes. Mm. And so that's what they got here that essentially like Cranston is the bomb in a yeah. manner of speaking. And he's not exactly like a human des- bomb. And he's not destructive to Mulder more so than he's just like the bomb is. Holding no, but it's also hostage. unclear at this point what the cause is. So yeah. Scully is worried that he's going to transmit whatever, you know, quote unquote infection she thinks it is. It, to Mulder, but so, that's not going to happen because he didn't hear the sound. That right, but better, better safe this. than sorry in that regard. Uh, I do like. There's a lot of great back and forth. I think Brian oh, yeah. Cranston and David Duchovny work really well off each other in this. Yeah, episode. and Mulder's just like well, you're like an a hole. Like yeah, you're the worst and an idiot because I, and it, an anti-Semitic. Yeah, oh yeah, because because Crump like 
you know, Mulder's talking to Scully and Crump throws the phone out the window and he's like, go through this red light. Yeah, uh, he's basically telling him he can't stop. He needs to continue to drive. And then, you know, um, calls him and the FBI. What does he say? So he, at first, <laughs> Crump, there's this really interesting moment where Mulder calls Crump by his last name. Mm, like, no, Mr. I'm Crump. Mr. Crump. And then he goes, what kind of name is that anyway? Mulder. Jewish. <laughs> yeah, so and then he weird. Goes, and then he talks later about the Jew FBI. Yeah, he calls it the Jew, like very, the Jew FBI. <laughs> like, honestly, I think if this took place in 2021, I think it's safe to say the Crumps would be like QAnon, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, very much so that type of vibe. Not, um, not my cup of tea per no, se. Definitely the people that are. They're the right. They're Conspiracy theorists. They're living in the boonies, right? They think yeah. there's some sort of like cabal behind everything. Yeah, uh, specifically the, of the, the Jewish variety. Five G uh, vaccination. Exactly. D- does Mulder sound like a Jewish? Name? No, it sounds German. Yeah, it does sound. It actually, German. sounds like a, a Nazi name. Sounds, it sounds Eastern European to me, at least. Yeah, but I don't know. We're not. We're not experts. Yeah. So basically, Mulder is now going to find out that as irascible as crump is it, it is also due to desperation as like yeah crump demands right that they turn the car around to the point where he's like banging his head against the yeah, window yeah because he starts not going west so he needs him to start going west again yeah exactly meanwhile scully's gonna get a call from kirsch who i think now two episodes we'll talk about it with triangle Proves himself to be the worst. Yeah, because he's actually watching them. You know, like, I think in the past when they've been put on other assignments, they've been kind of in a position of we're in trouble, but nobody's really paying attention to us while we're in trouble. So we can kind of do whatever we want. And now, you know, they're in trouble and Kirsch is like making sure they stay on track. You know, he's making sure that they don't go back to the X-Files. There's even somebody else on the X-Files, you know, whereas in the past... The X-Files were just closed and they, it was done. It was over. So nobody cared what they did. It's one of these things where, like, he is very good at his job, but he's almost the, he's the enemy of the show. Because oh, yeah. We want and he's kind of a dick. Things. I mean, he's just like, he has a very, like, uh, um, you know, monotone speaking voice. No, he's, and he's sassy. He tells, he tells Scully, like, I want to see Mulder alive more than you do. Yeah. Cause he wants to make him, uh, ream his ass. Yeah, out. exactly. Um, to but, yeah. beat his butt. Yeah, but he is. I mean, he talks like he has to stick up his butt as mm-hmm, well. Truly. Um, and, but meanwhile, Scully is going to head off to Crump's place. Yeah. So basically, they still think it's an infection. So they want to find out the origins. They're all in their hazmat suits. Um, and they all of the tests are coming back negative that there is no infection, that there's right. no virus. So she's like super, everyone's super confused. Um, so they find a doggo. Yeah, they find a dog suffering the same symptoms, and eventually, you thought they killed the dog, but I said, no, 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 the dog's head exploded. Yeah, like, I was the rest like, I was them. like, well, this dog doesn't feel long for this world. Yeah, poor pup. Because they're about to take its DNA to be like, okay, maybe it's infected, and then this poor dog. Yeah, exploded. exactly. But I don't. I mean, it it doesn't seem like the dog was going to be okay otherwise, anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I'm glad they were able to get some information out of this situation. Um, so they're investigating, they're looking, you know, around and, and they don't really see anything, but they do notice there's a neighbor. Yes. And so they head over to the neighbor's residency and see that there's two dead birds who also have their head. You didn't see that. But I didn't see the exploded heads on the birds. Maybe they we, did have maybe them. Maybe we need an even bigger TV. So mm, I could see potentially. All the blown out grass. It was just like a red spot on yeah. their on their heads. So. But the, this old lady is alive, but the reason why is because she is 
deaf. Yeah, so she's deaf, and the only is... indi- which is weird. The only indication we get of that until Scully says it is that she's watching a movie. I know, and, and it's <laughs> like, oh, I feel seen. Yeah, I don't think I was. I was at my parents' house a few weekends ago and, like, I could not watch television because they didn't have the closed captions on. Yeah, we should mention, so Angela and I are, like, very fervent caption people. I feel like I can't watch TV without them now. Well, I think it's it's, it's become sort of ingrained in me as well as someone who talks a lot about mm-hmm. movies and TV. Like, I need to know everything that someone well, is saying. Yeah, and there's a lot of mumbling and there's a lot of, like, things that are missed. And I feel like now that I know that so much information is missed by not having those closed captions on, yeah. like, I need to have them on. Like, we were watching Love Island the other day and CBS is notorious for having really bad closed captioning on their Mm-hmm. reality television programs for some reason and it's like really off in regards to the way it's um matching their their actual sentence structure so i had to turn it off and then i had no idea what was going on because yeah. they were so mumbling now you get conditioned to a certain thing right but it turns out that this leads scully to believe that okay it's in the ears something's happening with the, the sound yeah and so she finds on the ground mm-hmm. a u.s navy antenna array like plaque basically yeah it is a hatch it's basically like says property of the u.s navy and so she's able to trace that back to um a like a what was it project seafarer yeah no yeah she talks about elf right yeah elf waves extremely low frequency emissions which is like a project from a nevada naval base where essentially they were working on a low-key project to create some form of like auditory biological warfare. Yeah, and so there's all these tests still going on, I guess, in the 90s. Um, potentially now, who knows? But they... Are you crump? Potentially crump. Um, no, but I guess the ELF waves are going underneath the crump's property, basically, like, insinuating that the Navy didn't really care where they did their testing. Like, they didn't check that people lived there. Right. They, they were sort of sending signals out to an antenna that happened to be well, below this property. And that was fine. There was no issues with that. But then there was a power surge. Oh. And that made, um, like, I guess some sort of power surge, like, set off, um, you know, something that affected everybody in the vicinity. Yeah, and so... Because it wasn't something that happened over time. I mean, they were fine there for a long time, and then all of a sudden this power surge affected them. So everyone, including Crump and his wife and the dog and the Boyds, they were afflicted with, like, these emissions where if they keep moving... Essentially, it like helps well, mitigate the symptoms. Yeah, so it's a rising pressure in the inner ear, and mm-hmm. as someone with terrible inner ears, mm-hmm. yeah, um, Miss always got ear infections when she was a kid. Literally had ear infections like every week, and then I had tubes in my ears twice, which means like they stick this like tiny little tube inside your ear canal to help it drain properly. So, um, this sounds awful. Yeah, like a rise. Think about being on a plane, exactly, and it just continuing to rise. Like that pressure until your head explodes. Until your head explodes. <laughs> so next time you're on a plane, think of us. Yeah, please don't think about that in that regard. I think the expos is just set up all like the the bad things that could happen to you, and, and, like, especially on planes. Unlikely, <laughs> but bad things that can happen to you on a plane, right? Like you could get sucked out of it by an alien. Uh, the military could shoot you down. Your head could explode. Yeah, not great. So basically, if you keep moving west and at a higher and higher and higher speed because as the pressure keeps rising you need higher speed to help to mitigate it exactly and so meanwhile crump and molder crolder if you will become bffs yeah they're and they're so molder's gonna you know warm up a bit to him right especially as he begins to hear crump's story 
And they're running out of west, though. They've reached yeah. California. I don't know what happens when they get to the ocean, unless that can cur- turn into a submarine. That's what you said when we were watching it, too. Did you think that was, like, super funny, that joke? <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> you just repeated the same joke! <laughs> I, uh, sorry, I'm not that original, okay? No, it's a good joke. It's funny. But essentially, Scully comes up with this last-ditch effort, right? Like, okay, I will intercept you on the highway... We're going to, I'm going to, we're going to stop off. And in like the few seconds, I'm going to stick this big ass needle yeah. into Patrick Crump's ear canal. It's totally gross. It's going to permanently deafen him, but at least like, alle- alle- he'll be alive. The, he'll alleviate the pressure. Yeah. And Crump's like, let's do it, man. Like, let's get it done. Unfortunately, they can't get it done. I know. Because before they get there, he did. Yeah, before they get... So basically, they arrive, and the ambulance is pulling up, and the car's swinging around, and it's all this, like, leading up to this moment, and they pull in, and, and Mulder, like, passes Scully, and she's like, oh, okay. And he just, like, pulls right up to the ocean, gets out, and, like, does nothing, because you see the blood splattered on the back window, and it's, like, really sad. Yeah, it is. It's it's really sad, and I really... I don't know. It's weird to say that I really liked it, but no, I it was like it did it pulled at your heartstrings in a way that you know it's it might not have if it hadn't been acted well or yeah. if you well, that's the thing is that in his ultimate last scene right like you have like you said Chris mm-hmm. is like yeah man let's do it and yeah he's like very like buddy buddy with but he's him. also very sort of sadly and weakly like oh mr Mulder, can you please like keep driving faster and yeah so you know something's up something's up and it turns out that yeah he wasn't able to make it and it's it's weird it is sad for starting off the episode on such like a big uh calamitous note to humanize this guy over the course of an episode and i gotta say like i think brian cranston does i mean he's one of the greatest actors yeah no he's amazing so good in this and i'm thinking back to like there are certainly good actors who have played these one-off roles before but i don't know there's just something about the way cranston plays it like he does a good job portraying an everyman i think that's why you know he was so good on a show like malcolm in the middle and why he starts off so well on breaking bad is because he really does a good job of looking and playing like your average joe and so you're you're led to sympathize with this guy who while he certainly has some unorthodox beliefs he does end up being correct here he really is like collateral damage for a project that should have been done that like yeah. He just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you you want him to be permanently deafened by the end of it, which is weird to say. And, yeah, because you want him to live. Yeah, and he's not he's not able to make it, which is it's a tragic ending for him. No, super bummer, but it's a great episode, and I do feel like it's it was important for us to watch because you're a huge fan of Breaking Bad. Yeah, and we should also mention that that's not the end of it, right? Now Mulder and Scully get brought in for the <laughs> right. bottom line. Kirsch assesses their expenses. This is like the stuff I was referencing in when we first started this this watch through that they they continue to be just like completely um you know like they don't care at all about spending money. Yeah, exactly. And these are our tax dollars, Crump would say. And Kirsch is is quite frugal. You know, he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Well, it doesn't make sense because at one point she basically Scully takes a a Justice Department jet from where she is in Nevada to go meet them in California so that she can do this thing with the ear canal. And it costs $1,400 each hour. And it was a two and a half hour flight both ways. And like all this stuff just like adding up, like really crazy expenses. Yeah. And so Mulder speaks up like, yeah, you know, I was investigating this. And Kirsch basically says like, yeah, why don't you quit? Yeah, if like you're, if you if you keep challenging, you're gonna quit. Well, I'm gonna call your bluff. Do, go ahead, do it, man. Yeah, exactly. And Mulder just like walks out, and exactly. Scully's just like standing there, like, oh, 
Well, she's like, oh, Agent Mulder has been through a lot. And he points out, well, you apologize for him. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot about you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so Scully is going to also bring up like, well, you know, this was important. The DOD shut down this project. And Kirsch is like, well, they didn't say that. They just <laughs> happened to do it. But yeah, it's, it sucks that like it's kind of been retconned in a very like Crump would expect this to happen kind of way that they're covering it all up. Right. It's like correlation does not equal causation. And he's not willing to see through i don't know i christian hasn't i'm still trying to, to get a, a hold of him because he'll obviously have like at least some sort of influence from the cigarette mm-hmm. smoking man next episode so i fail to see if he is in the dark and he doesn't see the connection well it's kind of what happened he, with skinner initially as yeah. well that you know they're being told by their superiors to do things and they don't necessarily know what their superiors are up to and I think that's the same for Kirsch. Right. So it's not like a Blevins thing where he was like actually in on it. In on the conspiracy. I don't think so, but I don't remember. But totally. essentially it ends the episode to really reset things, right? Of, hey, remember, mm-hmm. you're no longer investigating X-Files. So please get back to your, your doo-doo work, as it were. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we're going to give some breaks for people to uh, maybe take their own doo-doo if they want to. <laughs> I don't know what people <laughs> do with their free time. But we're going to take a quick break. Here are from our sponsors, and when we come back, it's time to go back to the past with Triangle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's venture to the open sea once more on the X-Files as mm-hmm. we investigate a time-traveling adventure, or is it a dream? I don't know at this point. It's Triangle. <laughs> and you were there, and you were there. Mm-hmm. Did you, so I know you love this episode. Do you I love, do love this you, episode. Do you love it in spite of the Wizard of Oz references? We talked before <laughs> yes, about how you are not truly. a fan of it. I, yeah, no, not a fan of the Wizard of Oz, but I'm a big fan of this episode. I love the style. I love everything about it. And I know that there is some criticism out there about, you know, um, dream Nazis and portraying people. We're our dream Nazis. Yeah, I mean, there's this whole thing where, like, you shouldn't, like, have Nazis be portrayed by whatever. There's a lot of Nazis in this and we're gonna just, you know, glide over that a little bit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Patrick Crump's like, yeah, man. And some bad German accents. but uh, because it's from the actors, right? So it's not like you can bring in any German actors. I mean, some of them, I think maybe they are, who knows, but not the main characters. Um, but, um, yeah, we're, we are kind of in this fun little, um, alternate universe. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, I guess we should, we could start this episode by saying, how do you perceive the framing of this episode? Like, does Mulder go back in time? Was this some sort of induced fantasy? Oh, yeah. Hard to say. I think that it's a little bit of both. Like, that maybe he is back in time, or maybe he's experiencing something, but Mm. it is kind of like um, all in his head in some ways, too. Yeah, so I personally think it's a fantasy, because I I haven't done too much 
research into the Bermuda Triangle, but I do feel like there is something associated with, like, madness mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's a lot of things said about the Bermuda Triangle, like, whether it's a, you know, a, a time travel portal, or it brings you to, you know, alternate realities, or right. whatever. But So, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that, like, caused some sort of cabin fever aspect in Mulder. And here's what I think, because, you know, the big question mark at the end of the end is, well, Mulder still has the shiner from when Dream Scully punched him. I would not be surprised if he Tyler Durden's himself. <laughs> totally, yeah. And, like, does does all of the roles in the play, including when he gets punched in the face. Yeah, so it's possible that it's that, but it's also completely possible, knowing the X-Files, that he did go back in time. But and had a weird case, experience. he breaks so many rules of time travel in this <laughs> Like, episode. right away, too. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Mulder essentially gives up the goat and is like, here's everything that's going to happen in the next 50 years. Yeah, so we initially, the cold open is just this, like... Is Mulder being very cold because he's just floating in the water. Yeah. What I really love about this cold open is it sets up I think the the main thing that I would imagine this episode is known for is that this is the tracking shot episode. I assume of the X-Files right where there's a lot of each act is essentially like one made to be one long continuous Continuous shot. shot. And that starts here where we just in one shot pan through all of this wreckage floating in the Sargasso Sea and then we finally see Mulder floating in the water. Yeah, so this is supposed to be um, a inspiration of Alfred Hitchcock's movie Rope, apparently. Oh, yeah. So Rope was also supposed, like, they tried to make it done yes. as sort of a, a, almost like a play where everything's done in one shot and they don't yeah. cut away. So it's inspired by that. There's also some scenes that are inspired by the split screen uh, used in the music video Closing Time. <laughs> Semi-Sonic? Yes. <laughs> what? what an inspiration. Well, especially the one where they pass each other, where yeah. Scully passes each other, apparently. Um, but I know who I want to take me home, and it's Scully and the Lone Gunman. <laughs> but yes, by Semi-Sonic. Get over it. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, there's a lot of inspiration going into this. It also, like, apparently blew the budget a little bit, which is makes sense. I mean, yeah, because it's, it's, like, rehearsals for this had to have taken up so much time because it really is a work of choreography from the perspective of the camera operator specifically and also of you know the actors right of okay go run through this hallway count to 10 and then go run in the other direction there's yeah. so much meandering in and out of shots and i again there's there's definitely times where they cut any anytime essentially they like cut to black briefly mm-hmm. it means that they probably made a cut but still it's like well it's apparently a- this this episode took 11 days to film they filmed it on a retired ocean liner that's mm-hmm. a, currently a hotel in california in Wait, long beach like, california uh, no, like a land like on the land they did they no no it's like a moored hotel a floating hotel yeah. oh. um and it's like uh it's actually the queen mary and um yeah, they they basically like scaffolded the entire ship to give the effect of rain during the scenes. They installed large sprinklers, so it was just like a huge mess. Basically. I mean, I guess that's the advantage of that LA filming, right? Is that they can do these more high yeah, and caliber. He, like, and he like redesigned the entire inside of the ship too, and like had it like yeah, remodeled because like, they had to look make it look more antiquated. Because as we're gonna yeah. see. Mulder is going to get pulled in by who I thought initially were some chipper British mm-hmm. fishermen, but they clearly are more malevolent than you may think. Well, one of them is. Well, well they're more like, oh, we're going to throw dirty Jerry over. Oh, yeah. So they think, I mean, this is a time, 1939 is a time of like 
turmoil right yeah across the world a lot of heightened suspicion because as was just brought up like hitler has just invaded poland so like the steps are being put in place for the onus of world war ii yeah if you're not is on the rise so it's this idea of and this is represented more so with like communism as as we've gotten into like the red scare yeah but this idea of like who can you trust yeah trust no one well especially because you 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 probably shouldn't have trusted them (laughs) well especially because Mulder, you know is like oh just reaching to my pocket like i'm with i'm with the fbi and well so i think what Mulder thinks unfortunately um is that he has discovered a ship that has popped out into 1998 right instead of him going back in time right. he thinks that they are like he realized that they're out of like, time of not him we don't know what about no bloody fbi it's yeah because that the fbi hasn't existed up to this point and so he's like okay this makes sense i got picked up by the ship that came out of 19 out of the bermuda, bermuda triangle which would honestly so. i think make more sense it truly would yeah here. yeah so but it's also it's a little bit confusing in the end when you see the ship and it's empty so is it like is it all happening simultaneously who right. knows exactly or like is it one of these things where Mulder is is this like the lake house where Mulder's existing in the same space exactly in a different that time yeah so i mean maybe a little bit but either way he um is taken by the crew to captain yip Captain Yip Harburg. Yeah. And also we should mention a uh, bad episode for Mulder in that he just gets the shit kicked out of him for essentially times. 45 minutes. He should straight. have multiple concussions. Which yeah, is probably like, why he's so out of it. They just like completely rough him up. Uh, and so Captain Yip Harburg is basically, you know, gives all the exposition, right? September 3rd, 1939. Mulder's trying to explain, you're in the Bermuda Triangle. You've been caught in a time warp. Let's do it again. Uh, and they say, no, we're going to dance later on. Uh, and essentially, as Mulder tries to put out a radio signal, because again, he's well, so they suspect him as a Nazi, so they lock him in the captain's quarters. Right. They're also being boarded by German soldiers, at right? So time. that's why they get called away. Yeah. But as Mulder tries to put out a radio signal, he gets busted by a Nazi who looks suspiciously like Jeffrey Spender. So yeah, I mean, it is the same actor, but yeah, he basically this is when he realizes something's wrong because he hears on the radio um, that. We're officially at war with right. Germany. Like, oh, okay, so this is in 1998. He was, and then he basically says, "Oh shit!" And he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's not the movie though. He can't say no, that. but he says, "Oh shit!" And, and then, then comes, Jeffrey Spender and comes then Jeffrey in. Spender Nazi. It's this is so weird to me. You know what it reminds me of? Um, the Deep Space Nine episode, mm. uh, Far Beyond the Stars, right? Yeah. Where Cisco has this like vivid yeah. dream sequence where all of his friends are in this like n- another 1950s mm-hmm. news setting like it's just so odd to put these actors yeah very strange in these roles especially as nazis yeah and this is not the first time the x-files has done it it won't be the last they love to oh really yeah they this is like a thing where they like use the same actors to play different characters and and it's like not talked about but um apparently mitch pelleggi who skinner. plays skinner actually speaks german so that's fun um but they did a thing where they all talk all of the german spoken in this episode is not subtitled so when we were watching it in with the captions on it's just german captions so like they did that on purpose to kind of like make it more of a um i guess you could say like you're in it yeah no, you're you're in Mulder's world right? world building, confusing yeah, for him. Exactly, he's the audience analog. We get thrown into it just like him, and so you don't understand what they're saying. Exactly, he only knows how to say no sprechen Sie Deutsch or whatever. 
Yeah. So they um, are, well, I guess we should also sign up. So this is when they take a little bit of a break and start the tracking shot in real time. First, though, I want to talk about the ballroom. Oh, yeah. Because he's going to he's going to knock out spender nazi and he's gonna dress mm-hmm. up like it's very weird to see david the company dressed like a nazi truly <laughs> i'm sure he felt just as weird yeah so uh and so he's gonna walk into the ballroom what i noticed and i think the reason why i still think it's a bit of a dream is because the ballroom and it's on the the marquee as well uh advertises someone named elmira gulch mm-hmm. which is a singer elmira gulch is the name of the uh, the Kansas version of the Wicked Witch of the West from the mm, Wizard of Oz. So I, I say. So I think it's an indicator that it's supposed to be a dream. Uh, but she's thinking, Jeepers, Creepers, Creepers. Oh, you get the peepers. Exactly. Uh, and so... Love it. He sees, <laughs> Super into it. He sees Dream Scully, and she's uh, she's talking tough. She looks so great. She looks incredible. I love the quaff, and I love the way she's like, Jillian Anderson also... Yeah, she has finger-waved hair, and she has this beautiful red dress on, and she's like, snappy. Yeah, she she really does a great job of doing that sort of like rat-a-tat uh, 40s dialogue. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like like we've seen a lot of those those movies. But like you said, basically, Mulder's going to get brought. He's going to get captured by the Germans. Eventually, they catch up to him. There's a lot of like him running through hallways as they're chasing him and yeah. him finding escape. He gets brought to uh, the the... What, what the bridge. The bridge. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because that's where the main... The, the Nazi captain is has taken over the ship. Right. Who, who is cigarette smoking man? <laughs> yeah, this is not my favorite accent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's weird though. It's again, it's weird to see him. It's especially weird to see Nazi Skinner. Yeah, so they're all Nazis. Everyone's a Nazi. Everyone's a Nazi. We do find out later Skinner's, you know, playing both sides. Right. Like the, he does. But again, this this makes me feel like it would make sense that it's a dream, yes, right? Because like, like, if you're thinking about what, how does Mulder view people? Yeah, that he's he putting them all into these roles. Yeah, if he feels screwed over by the FBI, remember that. Remember how he feels about Skinner, especially. The only one right? that gets me is Kirsch later yeah. <laughs> playing the guy from Jamaica. Yeah, like, we'll talk about the the Jamaican. What what do they call them? Like, there's a there's a certain term that they use for those guys that were down uh, in the yeah, not room. a good term. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Swabos, I yeah. think is what they call mm-hmm. them. Uh, so Mulder is going to get brought here, right? And this is Captain Yip Harburg's last stand. He yeah. basically says, I won't take my hand off the wheel. He You'll gets have to killed. kill me. He does kill him. And Mulder is about to get killed when Nazi Skinner comes in and is basically like, no, he has intel, so let's keep him alive. Yeah. And then we cut to Washington, and this thrilled me, because I thought, okay, we're just going to spend, like... The this, whole episode. This is going to be an entire dream sequence. Yeah. Jillian Anderson will just play Dream Scully. But no, now we get Scully's side of things, which is... I really like this sequence. Yeah, and Scully in this is just, like, doing her best acting. I just feel like she's do an amazing job. Well, it's a great representation of, like, what Scully actually does when Mulder gets caught up in this yeah. stuff for the um <laughs> The bullshit, time. basically. Yeah, basically, because the lone gunman approached Scully, right, and they say, like, oh, yeah, you know, I was we were doing this thing We lost Mulder, Mulder basically. Yeah, we, we were helping Mulder find the Queen Anne that disappeared 60 years ago. Because they saw a satellite picture that the Queen Anne had reappeared in exactly. the ocean. And so Mulder went to, he chartered his own boat, went rogue, Stop me if you've heard this before to go find it. <laughs> exactly. And here we get essentially Scully's going to run all the way up and down the FBI. Yeah, to- this is like a very West Wing vibe. I love it, though, because I've, it feels like despite the fact that we've been here for six seasons, I feel like we don't really know too much about like, no, the, the inner structure workings, of the yeah. FBI. Exactly. So first she's going to go to Skinner and Skinner's going to Skinner it, right? Be like... 
I'm not in charge. Yeah, of like you my anymore. hands are tied. Like I really can't help you. Like I you're can't being, do anything. Like I'm so sorry. And then she like is like, "You're a coward." And yeah, leaves. get your head out of your ass. Yeah, she basically tells him that. And so <laughs> then she's gonna like, I guess in a last ditch effort because she needs to find this information. She's gonna go ask Kirsch, which right. is like, what were you thinking? I love all the elevator stuff. Yeah, like, where she's like, she's like, I like I shouldn't have done that. Right. Well, I think like sometimes it, every time we cut to her in an elevator, it's great because she's in a different mood. Like yeah. the first time, it's really awkward. The elevator is full of people, and she and like she's just like right. She needs to get. Go- she like she's in a hurry. She's she accidentally like, steps yeah. on someone's foot, and then she's like, sorry. There's and there's sometimes when like she'll get on the phone with Mulder and Skinner, where like it's staticky, and there's this poor guy standing in there with her who just yeah. like. He just had to get off and file some paperwork, and now he's dealing with this crazed woman raving on the phone frantically. Yeah, but basically her her tactic is ask Skinner. Skinner says no. Then she goes to Kirsch. Kirsch, she walks in to the room and is like, I need you to do this for me, and I don't need you to ask any questions, blah, 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 but then turns around and sees the cigarette smoking man. Right. I do love that Scully disregards all protocol when it yes. comes to secretaries. Well, yeah. And this is a fun little tidbit that I told you, that the secret woman who plays... Um, Skinner's secretary actually ends up marrying uh, the guy who plays Skinner. But it's it's not. This is how they moment. met. Oh, that's how they met. They met on set. Oh, not, oh I don't know if it was this so episode, cute. but it's like a how to succeed in business. Exactly. You marry your secretary. Exactly. Um. So yeah, that's a fun little tidbit. But um. So now Scully, it, she like freezes up right when she sees the cigarette. She's like, oh, it. never mind. But he takes the paper from her. Exactly. She's and like, then she's oh, like, God damn it. Thing, I've never mind. I've got to go. I shouldn't have barged in. And now she's going to go further down into the X Files office. Yeah, and she tries to like, um, like basically bully Spender. Yeah, she tells him, "Help me, or I'll kill you." Yes, which I love this vibe from Scully. Exactly, like it's very frantic. Uh, Yeah, and so she's basically is like. You and, need to help Mulder. And she's like, you understand? Is it cri- clear? And he's like, Crystal. And he walks out. And he walks off. Now, while he does that, she res- picks up a call from the cigarette smoking man to Spender. This is big, right? Well, to Agent Fowley. To Agent Fowley. Okay. Because this, this confirms to her that he is involved with... Well, and if Jeffrey Spender's not involved with it, he's definitely a pawn. Yeah. But Diana Fowley is involved. Because, like, basically she says... He, the cigarette smoking man thinks that it's Diane on the phone, tells her that... Yeah, good, good, good uh, voice impersonation. She doesn't do Philly anything. Anderson. She doesn't change her voice at I all. I think she lowers her voice a smidge. She's like, hello. Much. Hello, I'm <laughs> Diana Fowley. Yeah, so basically they tell Diana that Scully has given them a piece of paper with some coordinates on it, and that, and then Scully's like, shit, like, not good. So... Yeah, and then, well, then she also runs into... The uh, secretary. Not yet, not yet Mitch Pelleggi's wife. Yes, who says, says... I'm supposed to bring you upstairs. Because because Spender went directly to Kirsch. She mm-hmm. calls that rat bastard. That rat bastard. So she's running away, and she... This is when she tries to call Mulder, or she gets a phone call. She gets a... Well, yeah, on the way down, she gets a phone call from Mulder. No, she doesn't. On the way down, she tries to call Mulder. Oh, she has to call Mulder. And he, she doesn't get him. Because it says it, the carrier trying to reach is currently out of service, you know. Yeah, back in time. Yeah, and so then on the way up, she gets a phone call, and this is when Skinner's trying to get hold of her to try to tell her that he got the paper. But she finally gets him on on the elevator, and he basically gives her all the information she needs. She kisses him because she's like... She kisses him on the mouth. Yeah, but like one of those, like, not like a romantic kiss. It's just like, ah, thank goodness you did yeah, this it's, for it's me. One of these out of desperation, like, oh, I, it's one of those things. Where like, I, I'm so, I could kiss you. I'm so happy I could kiss you. Exactly. And she does. Uh, and and but then Skinner also has to like 
put on this front, right? Like he goes in discipline mode of like, don't you do that again? Well, so yeah, the so, elevator yeah. doors open and they're on the same floor and they see Spender, Kirsch, and and the cigarette smoking man. And he's like, if you ever ask me to pick protocol again, I'll have your ass. And yeah, so, like, then she like gets in the elevator and is like, yes. Yeah, and so like, she's going to go immediately to the parking garage. And this is where the lone gunmen pull up in their VW love van. Oh, I love it. So out of the Dharma initiative. Uh, and so she hops in and we see Spender running after yeah, her. Yeah, trying to get her. Uh, I just, this was a fantastic sequence. It was so. Yeah, well done. It was so well done. It was so like pulse pounding because it was Scully just frantically running around. Mm-hmm. But there also was like a little bit of a timetable to it, as was indicated with the lone gun, yeah. right? Of like, she gives him the marching orders. Go pick me up in a few minutes. And then she, so she make- needs to get that information before they pick her up, basically. Yeah, exactly. The clock is ticking. And so she's able to do so. It's, it's a great showcase of like a lot of different things, yep. right? It's the revelation that a cigarette smoking man is working with Kirsch. I think she now has some information. I don't know if she'll reveal it to Mulder or like do anything with it that that's cig- not the most important thing right now though like, yeah but it's, it's a fairly big revelation to her I would imagine. I guess yeah but I think she's more concerned about finding Mulder so she and yeah. getting out of there and with her a, ass intact and it's also a confirmation that like Skinner's gonna Skinner right like he still is playing both sides yeah. and sympathizing but I think they him. need him to be playing both sides you know otherwise how can he do things like this like get that information for him exactly so back on the boat as I mentioned before, Mulder <laughs> decides to just break all the time travel rules and says, yeah. all right, listen, cards on the table. Here's everything that's going to happen in the next 50 years. Uh, you know, the Nazis are well, aboard. Well, this is after, so they, they basically put him in the brig with a bunch of not British. even the break. They put him in like the end, just the yeah, engine Yeah, so they room. take a bunch of the officers, not officers, but crewmen, the, yeah, Brit- going, oh, the British crewmen. They take him and they put all of the white crewmen and Mulder in with the African crewmen who we assume are, I don't know whether or not indentured servants or whatever, not, not well paid. No, that's, well, that's former slaves. That's exactly. And they're all all, of that sort of vibe. They're all Jamaican. And so they're like, they're even further down on the totem pole than these other guys. And they say, well, we're your own crew. And they basically are all, yeah, Mulder lets it go basically and says everything, all that happens in history. Yeah, essentially. Well, what he gives away here is that the Nazis invaded the ship because they overheard, they intercepted a signal that Mm -hmm. had the, the code word Thor's hammer. And he it. says to the crewman, oh, that's not a weapon. It's a scientist who can create a weapon. And so this one, like, slimy crewman is yeah, like, oh, I, I sold you out. Oh, I did. Yeah, because he speaks German. So he's like, okay, bye. Um, also, one of the sailors who strongly resembles Kirsch, um, <laughs> who is played by the same actor, um, decides to steer the bo- boat back to Jamaica. That's right. what they want to do. Because there's a big argument Mulder says about, like, okay, we should steer the boat back to England. He wants to get them mm-hmm. out of the Bermuda Triangle, but... But then Mulder, once he figured this out, says we need to go back into the Bermuda Triangle because if we leave the Bermuda Triangle, history could be changed and I won't exist. But basically. to be fair, though, Mulder, when you told everyone about a man you changed history. a bomb, you, you would have changed history anyway, unless... I what- guess. I think the assumption that Mulder has, though, is that the that history would have been changed if this boat hadn't been stuck in the Bermuda Triangle. Mm -hmm. I think that he is under the impression that it has to stay there. He can't change history by removing it. It's sort of like whatever happened, happened. Of like, oh, maybe we were supposed to, I was supposed to tip these people off about what happened. I don't even think it matters. I think he's just saying anything that happens on this boat 
just as long as the boat doesn't leave the Bermuda Triangle, we're good. We're good. So Mulder is going to get brought out of the engine room to the ballroom because yes. they essentially say, okay, he has if intel. You, if you know who Thor's hammer is, mm-hmm. finger them, point them out, or I'm going to start killing random people. And they do start killing random people. Yeah. And then Mulder's going to try to BS here, right? He's going to be like, oh, well, actually, the man you won is one that you just killed. Yes. Uh, but that basically doesn't well, yeah, because they're Doesn't like, work. oh, tell us his name, blah, blah, blah. And then Scully steps forward and is like, I'm, I'm Spartacus. Yeah, basically, they're all they all start saying that they're the scientist because yeah. she's trying to save the actual scientist who tries to give himself up here. Who is the the man that Scully was dancing with? She essentially is his, his bodyguard. Yeah, his escort working for the OSS. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Scully and the lone gunman are going to arrive at the coordinates and they do find a ghost ship. They find the Queen Anne. Uh, and so... As this happens, everything comes crashing together mm-hmm. as the Swabos were able to shut down the engine. Yes. And everyone comes charging in. It's a big mutiny against those who took over the boat. And we just get such a fun Yeah, this seems the best. As this big band music plays, and it essentially is going to be uh, a chase sequence for Mulder and Dream Scully as yes. they're escaping the Nazis. And Scully and the lone gunman as they explore the ghost ship looking for Mulder. Yeah, and there's a few scenes where they pass each other in the hallway. And I there's love split. that. I, so yeah. I love the split screen. as they're And cri- then it changes. Yeah, they're cripping down the same sides of the hallway, and then they cross over, and that was such a cool Yeah, effect. that was really cool. And so they there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of, like, hiding, and Mulder and Scully in, in the dream sequence are just, like, you know, trying to escape the Nazis. Right, and, they, and then Nazi Skinner helps them. yes. God bless America. Yeah, exactly. Now get out of here. And so Scully eventually finds the ballroom, which yes. is now destroyed, which is like now... Just a com- like an empty ghost ship. Yeah, it's a, but it's a confirmation, I think, of like, okay, these two are definitely not in the same Yes, because up until that point, I think you're not sure right. if Scully's going to come well, across them, because she's really just in the hallways. And Scully notes that, like, when they see the Queen Anne, the lights were on, yes. so it makes you a little hopeful of, like, okay, maybe he she is found, on Like, there. she found them, she's going to, like, join them in their weird little universe, but... Um, no, they're not in the same place. And we also then go back to Scully and Mulder in the dream world. And he basically tells her that she needs to turn the ship around. Like, it's up to her. Or he won't exist. I'm fading away. My parents won't meet. And then he's just basically like, and, you know, in case this is the last time I ever see you, grabs her in for a big smoocheroo. And she punches him in response. (laughs) Yeah, because... I feel like this is like a... This is the right vibe for her character here. And also chumming the water of the... the the stands a little bit, right? Yes, but it's, yeah, uh, this episode is very like, yeah, stand serving. Yeah, and, and I don't think this officially counts as a first kiss. No, it does not. If it happens in a dream and with a facsimile of the person, I don't think it's actually real. Uh, yeah, no, but it's a fun one. And, yeah, so yeah, basically, and Mulders could also jump overboard, right? Yeah, so he jumps overboard and that's when it catches up to where he was in the beginning of the episode, floating face down. Yeah, but I also love just like his adamancy, right? Of like, all right, here are your marching orders. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bye. I'm going to hopefully jump overboard and this will send me back to my time period. Yeah, and she throws like a buoy after him. It's a big risk to take, but I guess, again, uh, you could say it ends up paying off. You could say that it never ended up paying off because he was just floating in the Sargasso Sea the entire time. Either way, his time traveling dream, what you might call it, is over. Yeah, which is fun to me because I actually don't remember how, I didn't remember how quickly the time travel stuff ends like when they were on the deck of the ship and he kisses her i remember it like continuing for some reason but no i'm actually glad that it just kind of like stops there and then they're back and Mulder tells scully that 
you know, um, <laughs> you were there and you were there and you were all there. And Skinner's like, okay, whatever. Here's your flowers. And he exactly. Leaves. He's like, I, I'm he's I like, you're even, in trouble. I shouldn't even be here. You're in trouble. Heal up. Bye. Uh, and so Mulder and Scully are going to have a little bit of a repartee here. He tells mm-hmm. her, I love you. And she says, oh, brother. Yeah, she goes, oh, brother. Yeah, so, I mean, I wonder, was this... She thinks it's like him being on drugs. But do you think this was, like, uh... Yes, this, the way this, he says it is so serious. Do so you think he was very sincere? Yes, he loves her. Oh. Yeah, he's not saying, like, he's in love with her yet, but he's saying, like, he loves her. Yeah. Just like, oh, I'm so happy I'm back, especially with you. Especially when he touches his face and he smiles because he feels the punch. Exactly. Like, you know what? Even if you deny me now, there's a version of you out there that might be inside my own psyche. Yeah, he has that, like, knowing little smile on. Exactly. So, Drive and Triangle really liked both of these. I think that Drive, it's really also an interesting comparison between the two. I think you said last week that Drive is a little bit more of a bottle episode and that it's more contained, especially Mm -hmm. the scenes between Mulder and Crump. And Triangle is just an all-out, like, sprawling production extravaganza. Yeah, it's very spectacular in its production. Um, It's also just so well done from an editing perspective that it's like, you do really believe these are continuous shots. And Yeah, Triangle might be a highlight for me. It's weird. I mean, it's such a great episode. It's a great episode, but I wouldn't say it feels like an X-Files episode. No, because I mean, like it has a different style. It feels, and, and also like we're not dealing with, we're dealing with sci-fi stuff. Also the of, music, but, I think that underscores it is so good. It, it adds to that vibe. Um, You know, not just Jeepers Creepers, but just the sort of like, um, you know, Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's, whatever 12, 12 ocean's 13 ocean's, ocean's eight, 8 that that sort of like uh Lots of heist oceans. heist music underneath everything where they're trying to escape and all that is right really it's great. also very like casablanca right yeah nazis and everything so yeah it was, it was really fun though it's just like a great hour of television again weird to call it an hour of the x-files it, it is one of my favorite episodes i've i've seen so far mm-hmm. just because of how high concept it is and how much they del- they really go in on it yeah it doesn't really time. you know it doesn't move the needle far a lot you know very far for the series but it does a little bit yeah and you I mean, get no, some character again, there, stuff there are get- some there are some revelations that yeah. should come out of this episode yeah for sure so it's not completely bottled up but um i love it let's talk some spooks here you got one for drive. Um, I guess the old deaf lady. Yeah, the old deaf lady, the one who's watching she's the closed pretty captions. Pretty spooky, especially she's like, "What are you doing here?" Like, she sounded like a, a crow lady. Yeah, a crow lady. Maybe that's why she has birds. Maybe she's part crow. The crows have Maybe. eyes. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Patrick Crump. Okay, just as like a you shout out for him. Brian Cranston, uh, and also the fact that he is kind of not spooky, but certainly like. Weird. Mysterious. Yeah. Yes. Weird. Weirdo. He's and a- also um anti-Semitic and probably racist. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of anti-Semitism, Triangle. You got a spook here? Um I don't know if I have a spook here. I guess. Um I don't know. What do you think? I'm gonna you go pick. with I'm gonna go with Nazi cigarette smoking man. Okay, and I'll go with Nazi Skinner. Yeah, I think the Nazis, it makes sense to have them spooks because they, they come they're out of the nowhere. Because wor- they're the worst Nazis. Because they're the worst. They're the worst Nazis. They let an entire ship Well, Nazis them. in general are pretty bad. I did I did love that little brouhaha that happens uh, in the ballroom. At the yes. It reminds me of something out of, like, Blazing Saddles, yeah. right? Where the town takes control. Yeah, so all of the, the crewmen, the British crewmen, and the, the engineers all and come up even, from and the... And even, like, the people that are held hostage. Yeah, they're all, like... 
get rising up against the yeah, machine. Yeah, they're like beating on the Nazis with their handbags yes. and everything. It's very, it's very goofy, but very endearing. Yes, definitely. So next week, we're going to get into a two part episode mm-hmm. and we're just going to keep going consecutively through season six. It's season six, episodes four and five, Dreamland one. And Dreamland 2. Yeah, this is a fun one. So we're going from a possible dream sequence episode to Dreamland. Well, yes and no. So Dreamland is not referring necessarily to a dream per se. Um, it's like, you know, I'm not going to give too much away. All right. But- I just, listen, I'm, I'm excited to dream up what Dreamland might possibly be, but we have a two part episode. Uh, after two Monster of the Week episodes, it should be exciting. I'm imagining it's going to be arc-based. Yes. Uh, well, sort of. A little bit arc-based, but it's also a little bit of a Monster of the Week episode starring um, Michael McKean. <gasps> oh, Michael McKean. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to have fun with that. Um, Hopefully he gets Spinal Tap back together for this episode. He does not. Um, so yeah, you'll have fun with this episode. But he he basically plays um, n- not a great guy. So. All right. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Let's, let's continue with not talking about great people after these past two episodes yeah keep on that trail keep driving through well of course you know what to do if you have thoughts about dreamland or the episodes we talked about bloom files of post recaps.com x files of post recaps.com tweet us at ange Pelagi, at a mike bloom type at post show recaps uh we are getting into the meat of season six and it's a good taste in meat a delicious meat if you will so i'm <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, it was strange. It was strange, but this is a strange show, so I think it's very apt. Uh, so that's going to do it this week on The Bloom Files. Again, Dreamland 1 and 2 next week. Special thanks to Corey B for his theme song. We'll be back next week. Until then, case closed. <laughs>